0: Requires high-speed internet connected Gemini device and separate paid subscription to watch Netflix on Direct TV. Terms and restrictions apply.
1: Plus minus. Curry, way down to Bang! Bang! Oh, what a shot from Curry! Tim Kawakami deserves all the credit there. <laughs> <laughs> Plus
2: minus. Heavy driving again. God, oh! oh, you're killing
1: me! <laughs> Tell Marcus that he asked the, you know, that question about my defense. You hear that, Marcus? Anthony, you know me well, buddy. I have a great night. I think you got the highest plus minus in the season in NBA history. Welcome to Warriors Plus Minus. We are um, a week away from the season opener. Uh, and we've got quite a bit to talk about, but we, we must begin every show from now on until it becomes very clear we shouldn't. Talking about the greatness of Jordan Poole. Because this, <laughs> people no, get tired not, of cannot this. Cannot you cannot get tired of Jordan all Poole. All you do is praise Jordan Poole. Jordan all Poole. you do is praise uh, Jordan Poole. Slater, what do we see from Jordan Poole uh, in our latest preseason affair? Anything new,
3: anything? Same as always. Uh, 28 and like, I don't know, 20-something minutes. Yeah, yeah. I asked pregame Steve and he was like, you know, Uh, we haven't fully discussed it as a staff, but it's hard to envision taking him out of the lineup the way he's playing. Nah, I mean, like, he's just, I mean, I think one occurs better answers on it in the preseason. Somebody asked, like, what's the significance of him starting? He's like, he's one of our best players. Like, he's just going to start. And that's, I mean, what is he right now going into the season? Like, their fourth best player. Third or fourth
1: best player?
2: And, by the way, and fitting in with the starters, right? That that, that could be an issue. Like, hey, what are you doing pulling up from 35? And I saw Andre kind of had a, a little bit of a smart alecky <laughs> answer to that which just typically Andre and and we know he's great with the young players but he kind of tries to keep them aligned sometimes but if Steph and Draymond are okay with it and Steve Kerr is okay with it he's making a few of them I don't know if he's making every one of those but then you put your most talented player out there and let them play a lot of minutes that's how you get them more minutes like you know that's how you get them from 22 to 28 to 33 minutes is to start them and then play it from there I don't I think you know, he won't play all his minutes with Steph and Draymond because you do want him as that second unit. I mean, they finally, what we've always been saying, second unit initiator, second unit initiator, somebody who can score when Steph is not on the court, and that is Jordan Poole now. So he's going to get both roles start, get out of there, and then lead that second. Maybe you take Wiggins out, right? I mean, I haven't seen Wiggins in any kind of formulation of a second unit. Maybe Wiggins is out of it.
3: Like, Wiggins didn't even play last game. He wasn't even at the open scrimmage. He's dealing with, like, a little bit of a sore knee. So we'll see on that. But, yeah, I mean, Poole made his preseason statement of what he was going to be in the first two minutes in Portland. I mean, you you flip the game on, this is the first time we've seen them under the big lights, and he took, like, three 28-footers within, like, three minutes of the game starting. And it's like, oh, okay, this is, th- this is the green light he's been given after this summer. So it's obvious what they're doing with him. I mean, the big thing is, like, he's, at this point, like, I think locked into, like, 30 to 35 minutes a night.
1: I'm sure Steve Kerr would like to see a bit more improvement defensively. You can get by him off the dribble. Better than you should for somebody who's stronger and a pretty good athlete. But you got to imagine that's where time with Andre Iguodala comes in. It's just overtime giving him little tidbits. But you can still get by him, which is, you know, probably going to... If you got Draymond back there, if you got uh, Looney and, you know, these great kind of help defenders, it's a easier pill to swallow, especially if you're giving 25 but that's got to be where Steve is pointing. I'm watching because, you know, we're talking next-level star here. You guys are late on the train here, but we're talking a big star. So you kind of got to watch all the facets
2: of the game, Slater. When he becomes, what, the best, one of the best ten players in the league? Is that what you're saying? As, uh, you know, as makes that progression. Got, you got to <laughs> chronicle the whole journey. First-team All-NBA or second-team All-NBA? That is the question here. I'll tell you what, It's a it's a larger view of what Steve Kerr and the Warriors are going to try to do at least until Clay gets back and maybe even when Clay's back they're going to outscore people and that has not been kind of the Warriors thing obviously with Durant and Steph and and Clay. you can just do it no matter what but there always was a defense you know he thought defense first Kurt thought how do I put this together defensively first and now I don't think they're thinking that and clearly they're not thinking that because who's guarding Damian Lillard I don't know and I don't think Right now they have an answer for that. Maybe they throw Steph at him, you know, for for a little bit and with a lot of help, but that 15 and 5 run, I mean, how many times have we heard Kerr mention it and other guys like this is what they want to do at least until they get Clay back and then they see where Clay is, you know, can he defend these guys or not? Then they have to start figuring it out. I'm going to posit this thing. Like I think 15, and I've seen, you know, relatively critical evaluations of what their season prospects are, and I understand all of them. But I think that kind of discounts the 15-5 and five finish. And we all saw it, so maybe we're overvaluing it. Maybe the Warriors are overvaluing it. But I do. I think that's who they are. I think they're going to, maybe not 15-5, and five, but they're going to be tough to play in the regular season. I think we're seeing that even in the preseason. They're going to spread the floor. They're going to run around. You're going to have to try to guard Curry, and then he's going to flip the ball to someone else. And there's Otto Porter standing still at, three, at the three-point line in the corner. And I don't know if this is a playoff kind of thing. I think, though, they're going to be a lot better than they were last year. Maybe not 15-5, and again, for the whole season, but I think this is looking like a pretty good regular season team.
3: The roster just fits significantly better. I mean, that's uh, around Curry. Not not defensively, maybe, but... They were fifth defensively last year i don't think they're gonna be fifth but they're in a league now that you even look at their rating last year it wasn't even a good defensive rating they're just in the, this league where everybody's defensive rating is terrible so i mean they could be not that great defensively and still like ninth defensively or 11th something it's like that you, you know maybe it tumbles down into third yeah. but that's the big thing can they get 20th up to like eighth offensively and i do think that's like probably the ballpark they could get to have you slice what were they offensively in the last 20 games I believe they were like eighth I think they were first in defense eighth in rating and they were like first in net rating down the stretch I you know again two thunder home games down the stretch there was some like just giveaway games some tanking games the Pelicans came in and didn't even play Zion I think that's bloated a little bit but yeah I mean I just that's the big thing I think what they learned down the stretch is like they need to commit all into the Curry Kerr Draymond stylistically and then they built the roster that way so yeah I do think they're better this season than they were last season. I think we can already like kind of see how that's forming.
1: Three preseason games, uh, the Warriors are averaging 57 three-pointers at a 38% yeah. clip. <laughs> now, they're not going to suddenly flip a switch and become a different team in the regular season, but are we watching Steve Kerr give way to the Houston Rockets style of play he so vehemently detested? <laughs> He's gonna, but he's gonna say it's not. I understand what he's gonna gonna, say. He's gonna say, yeah, 57 threes.
2: He's gonna say we're not, yeah, not dribbling into threes. Not you know James Harden stuff. It's set up, you know, it's driving kick. But yes, the the way it's gonna look on the box score, they're gonna put. I think we all agree they're gonna put over fifty threes up a game, right? There's, there's, I, I don't think there's any chance they're gonna be less than that.
3: 50s really, really high as an average, but I, mean, I think it's pretty clear they're going to go way higher than last season, and, and highest in franchise history. Is coming. Yeah.
2: What was, what was last year like? I need to go Yeah. I think it's going to be close to 50. Now, now we'll see if if Bielica and Porter hit a wall or get hurt. Then that, see, those are like. But then Clay's like coming. Eight right there. <laughs> yeah. Then Clay's coming. So I'm saying it based on just what they've got right now, what we're seeing, what their best offense is. They're you know, shooting more threes and twos. You know, I mean, who's going to shoot those twos? There's not that many guys who's going to shoot, who, who's who ideally will shoot a ton of twos, and Wiggins might be the
3: one, and he's going to put up threes too. The leader in the league last year, which was the Jazz, only took forty three, and I say only like this is a ton, but they okay, took 43. Maybe not right?
2: guaranteed to take fifty, but it's going the to Rockets' be three high was forty five four.
3: <laughs> okay
2: maybe I spoke too soon with the over 50. I think
3: some of it is and it was funny they threw up 60 that's what's really kind of like jumped this you know average is is in the first game they did 69 which is like the NBA record for a game is 70 uh and they had 69 against Portland and I was talking to somebody like "Wait, well, you know man that's crazy you guys threw up that many threes and they're part of it was like uh, you know Portland's defense they're they're trying to like <laughs> learn this blitzing scheme yeah. and they were just giving up open three after open three so like opening night against the Lakers like you know, that's a strong, powerful, like well schemed defense that's not going to let you just like jack open threes all game. And by the way, yeah, in this,
2: like teams usually put up about 80 shots a game, I think. So 69 threes is a lot of threes. Let's say there be about the same amount of threes as twos. I think that's about where they're headed. And maybe that's more efficient for them. Like, again, who's going to be shooting their really efficient twos? I don't know who's shooting. the really efficient. You twos.
3: see, um, in that Laker game, part of because how the Lakers defended him, but Steph was like three of thirteen for three, but he was nine eleven from from two.
2: Yeah, he's going to be the twos because he's going to don't be the forget one about mid range Wiggins. Mid range Wiggins, the twenty the other, foot yeah, step again, back guy, but the guy who can make twos if he's healthy and playing well is Wiseman. Right, that's that's kind of their twos guy. Now he shoots threes too, but he would be your more efficient at the top end of his playing scale in shooting twos. I think if they need to get twos down the road in a playoff format or whatever, Wiseman is the guy that is most likely to get them, but that's not how they're set up now. And they pulled, you know, he wasn't on the floor at 15 and five last season. And that's when it took off. He and Oubre came off the floor and they go 15 and five. So again, I think this is a good regular season construct for them, way better than, than last season. We're not going to see those ridiculously terrible games we saw at the start of last season they're going to run into problems rebounding and they 're going to run into problems defending great you know great perimeter players, as Steve Kerr might say, welcome to real life in the NBA that's most teams, and I think they're going to be one of those most teams like they're going to be portland like you know, and they've kind of scoffed at Portland in past years because Portland could not defend them well they're going to be a little portland like and that's the new NBA anyway. our
1: friends at uh at light years called them the golden state jazz part of the correlation. I I do think what's, what's potentially like what people are sleep on is that it's not that just that they're shooting a lot. They're still at a really high clip. It's really up there like 38%, 39%. The jazz did that last year. They shot 43%, but made 39% of Houston. Never got that high Houston hung around at 34 is 35. So to, to increase the volume, and stay in that thirty-eight to forty range, that's tough to guard, especially in the regular season. That that's worth some wins, a handful of wins, if you can kind of shoot that percentage. So I do see it going up over forty, but if it's the percentage. If they're knocking them down at that at that clip, that's gonna be a problem. But we see that every year with the Jazz. The problem, you know, now when the playoffs come. Yeah, you it's a whole to the different playoffs, story. Get to the playoffs, But yeah. at that point, they're leaning on Steph, Clay, Draymond, playoff experience. They kind of got another bag. But, hey, but it's
3: a playoff drought right yeah, now. Yeah, that's, that's exactly. You got to get this there. Is, they have made the playoffs. got to
2: get there. And that, that helps. 38% is good. Welcome to NBA reality, you know. They they, they got to get to the playoffs. They can't be sitting about, oh, we want this seed or that seed, or it'd be great if we play this style, then play that style. They got to scramble to get as many wins as they can, which is what they did at the end of last season and see if they can play it. And it just, just, again, this is just from watching preseason games and me not even watching the last one. I, I have to fully admit, just looking at the box score, and reading the great coverage of it, but it still feels like that's going to be their best way. Again, we'll see what Porter and Bielitza and, and these guys that we're not quite sure of really do. And we'll see who plays the minutes and we'll see if, you know, if getting strafed by opponent guards at some point really might just cause Kerr to say, OK, wait a minute, you know, Ron Adams might might grimace uh, 10 too many times for, for Kerr. <laughs> I have to figure out something else. That's the Avery Bradley. Uh, yeah. That's why yeah, that's, Avery that is, Bradley's cool. yeah. a That's a conundrum. conundrum. Though, like,
3: was he terrible in the
2: last game? I see him nothing on the stat line.
3: He just hasn't won the job that they were clearly kind of trying to be like. Come yeah. on, man! So that opens here. it up for GP 2 right? I it mean, does and he's playing Tuesday night. Let's um, go, GP. So, uh, yeah, is, I'm about to be two yeah. for
2: two out here. God, if Marcus can get pool in a starting lineup. I'm about to be two, Peyton, two for two out Peyton here.
1: Peyton in all the, I, I, I'm, I'm actually <laughs> very surprised by Avery Bradley. Like he's been even more. He's been underwhelming, uh, and the and the problem is pass pass. Yeah, pass, the pass is the is offense, he he, he doesn't he doesn't have confidence in his offense at all. And I, I, remember, I remember him being, like, at least more reliable sticking the open shot. It feels like he's getting that open shot. Porter's hitting it. Belize's hitting it. Like, even Jordan Poole's hitting it. Even uh, JTA started hitting a couple. He's the only guy who's not hitting it. And that's his leg up is that he can give you something on
2: offense, too. Yeah, I expected more out of him. It's hard to play him with Draymond at the same time, right? I mean... And it's hard to play him with JTA at the same time. That's be- then you start getting into, okay, how do the pieces fit? If you can't shoot reliably, then you can't have another non-offensive player on the court with them. And that's what the Warriors do. They always have another one you know, non-offensive player, and then you get stuck. At this point, who would you rather
3: play in those minutes, Avery Bradley or Moses Moody? moody from the long term, but one thing I'll say about Brad is three preseason games. Like anyone can like not shoot it that well for three preseason games. But you do go look at his like career log, and you know, when he was in Boston, 14.9 points per game one year, 13.9, 15.2, 16.3. Like this guy was like a legit scorer. But well, we've That's seen that legit scores but, come in We've the Warriors, also seen just so trying to
1: prove he can he can get back to that.
3: That's what I was gonna say, and that is what you don't see. You don't see anyone capable of being like a double digit per game score anymore. Beyond just like, does he stick the open three? Like he can't do a lot of the other stuff he used to do offensively either. Physically, he's just not explosive. I think we can, we should get to Moody because he was one of the stories of that Laker game. He had three threes in the fourth, really sp- like big threes. You know, like he's the funny thing about his—he's five of six in the fourth quarter from three of the last two games, and it's like. Mop up minutes, kind of, because he's out there with like more summer league guys, rookies, younger guys. Although Dwight Howard and Rondo were out there close in the game, but they are within the context of the game, huge shots. Like it's like tie game with, with two minutes left, especially in three his three.
2: mind, right? They're big shots to him. And you know what? He's t- he takes them quick too. That's what I think. Confidently, like, too. Yeah, they're not like catch the ball wide open, measure it, it's got to go up. It's like catch it, flip, up it goes. And I think the Warriors like that because it does feel like he's like he's not hesitating. He's not worried. Uh Oh, what's what's Steve Kerr going to say if I miss this? What's Stefan Draymond going to give me a look like you just got to throw it up there? That's what we're seeing out of Jordan Poole. It's not that uh, we've seen these hesitations from very established players when they get to the Warriors because like, oh, my God, what am I shooting it for? This is the Warriors. Someone else should shoot it. And Moody does not have that.
3: There was also a couple times where they ran him off the line, and he did like two dribbles into the lane, went up for a layup, was gonna kind of get blocked, and did like a curl around pass. So I think it was like Jordan Bell for a layup, and and yeah, he's a way better passer than what I thought. Yeah, yeah, he's made. Now, a now, was nice he explosive passes. in those though? I mean, he's not very. No, tight I mean, he against, wasn't right? about he's to not, go like hammer no. one on Dwight Howard. He, yeah. But you know, he attacked Dwight Howard right at his chest. Dwight Howard shockingly came over and hard fouled him because Dwight Howard Dwight Howard was out there throwing elbows in preseason. Yo, he was wild. He caught that live on uh but Bielitsa yeah staring him down
2: on <laughs> <laughs> um, belly on um, belly
3: yeah Dwight Howard got into like five mini scuffles with like five <laughs> different Warriors players over the course <laughs> in of, a, of like, like in it was a mid-season in a pre-season pre-season game I mean that dude caught alive
2: and was screaming at
1: Bielitsa yeah like, <laughs> Bielitsa
3: was like dude it, I defend like this is the regular season and this is the pre-season. <laughs> yeah, it's like dude you, I'm sending I'm you, you Bielitsa what are you doing screaming come on now but Moody caught it in the corner, uh, had a lane attack, went right at Dwight Howard. Dwight Howard came over and, like, chest to chest and, like, knocked him to the ground. And, like, like clearly Dwight Howard is, like, much better athlete, you know, the explosion. Uh, and Moody will have trouble finishing over guys like that. But I did like the confidence to go at him, draw the foul. He goes in there. He mixes it up. he, he He's crafty with the passes. I mean, Tim, if you rewatch that fourth, like, he, he'll make two of them, I don't think, were finished because he's out there playing with Langston Galloway and whoever, but... Three passes that you're like, yeah, that was nice. I was kind of like, I'm surprised you saw that. I think we're gonna see over these next two preseason games if Kerr believes he's done enough to throw him out there, you know, in the first quarter, in the second quarter, and then we might get a hint that hey, they're starting to think that maybe Avery Bradley didn't win the job and Moses Moody's got this rotation spot potentially. And then that would slide GP two into, into the yeah into that fourth. Guard We've thing.
1: seen Moses passing like it's come with him at each step. Like, you know, he did it in Arkansas. You get the summer league. He's like, oh, he's a nice passer. And now he's doing it. Like, you know, and mop-up minutes at preseason games is coming with him. It feels like it's something that he's carrying with him. And you you know Steve Kerr loves that, right? Just dudes who can catch the ball and make a decision, like, on the fly and be able to make the right pass. You know who's the biggest fan probably is probably Joe Laker. Because if he drafted <laughs> Moses, him. Yeah, he him. Moses yeah. Moody is going to be like. Not not only is he going to give him, you know, some playing time or whatever, fourteen pick, but he's going to justify not playing that fifteen spot. <laughs> <laughs> like, I, think like, man, I mean, we got yeah. Moody. And hey, hey, wait a minute, we, got Moody. we
3: don't have
2: to trade for Bradley Bill. We got we got Moses yeah. Moody. We got Moody. That would be interesting. That would be a big move for them. It would be. It would be a, interesting. Like it. It'd be one way to. Win and develop! Win and develop! And there might be another team kind of trying to do that right now. But, you know, I thought it was interesting that Kerr, you know, was compared to Trevor Reza, which is a very respected player in the league, a perfect Warriors kind of player, 3 and D. I don't know if I quite see that out of Moody defensively right now, but maybe, you know, he's 19 and stick a few threes. That's the easiest way in any, you know, Warriors uh, decision maker's heart is to stick a few open threes when when they're there. Again, we didn't we say that from the beginning, like of the obviously between Moody and Kaminga, but even probably over Wiseman at this point, who's going to possibly be in the back end of a real rotation out of all those out of the three young guys? It's Moody because he does those things that fit the Warriors, just things that fit the Warriors. Not necessarily at a higher talent level than the other guys. In fact, he would probably be the least talented of the three. But just that he fits those things they need now. Can he? Can he be the guy? Okay. Hey, wait a minute! CG McCollum's kind of going off here, and you know we don't have any. You know we got to throw him out there. Can he do that? Or is, does it have to be? An, does it have to be Andre? And Andre would not help them on the three point side. So can he be that guy? We will be right back after a quick word from our sponsors.
0: Discover the latest collections from David Yurman, as seen recently, styled on basketball stars like Jaime Jaquez, Jalen Green, D'Angelo Russell, and others. Over 40 years later, the Yermans and their son Evan continue to redefine American luxury jewelry with timeless, modern collections for women and men defined by inspiration, innovation, consummate craftsmanship, and cable, the brand's artistic signature. David Yerman's collections are available on davidyerman.com. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24 7 US based live customer service from Discover,
3: Moody doesn't look like a stopper to me. Moody looks like a really capable team defender, like knows where he's going to be even at his age. Um, You know, he's always making the right rotations. He's active with the hands. He's always got his hands up. Uh, He's He's long. long. Yeah, he's long. But physically, I mean, I feel like let's say he, you know, they're playing the Lakers opening night. He's out there against Westbrook. I can see the Lakers like trying to clear the floor and like post him up, Russ, because he's still, you know, athletically uh, not there. And then just strength-wise, I mean, he's 19 years old. And Ariza's a great athlete, by the way. Uh, well, probably.
2: Ariza was strong. He came, <laughs> in, he came, in, he came yeah. in the league strong.
3: And he came from that
2: Baron Davis, UCLA, you know, kind of background. But uh, he wasn't a perfect player either. It's not like, you know, oh, my God, they're putting up this. But he pedestal. could but be he- the stopper, right? He had the athletic ability to do it. I don't think that movie Yeah, we'll see. We'll, we'll see. I mean, it, it's interesting that we can even discuss that because, you know, we can't say that about Kaminga. We can't say it about a lot of
3: different people, but they do need those Kaminga's a stopper. Yeah. Why yeah.
2: defensive stopper.
3: They really, really would have to develop him, but Jonathan Kaminga certainly has the you know physical profile. Physical, yeah, physical yeah, yeah, profile. Yeah yeah. You know? yeah,
2: yeah. I don't know if he's got the side to side, but they lost Baysemore and Ubre. We've mentioned this before. They just need people to get those kinds of minutes. Like just go bug the best player on the other team for seven minutes. And make sure that Steph or, or Jordan Poole don't have to do it. it is amazing. We're saying like, oh my God, you have to save Jordan Poole's energy because he's so good. Marcus has talked this into reality. Has talked this into reality.
1: Be honest though, I was we were looking up. I was looking up last year pieces, and I remember this on the pod. We we kind of talked about this a lot last year that Jordan Poole was making this. Oh no, but oh no, it was like yeah. yeah. I mean, uh, uh, I mean, it's been a while, but we've we've been on the Jordan Poole for a while. The
3: big thing was when he was dominating the bubble. I think he was like. You you know, second or third in the scoring in the bubble, and Brad Wanamaker's slump was just worsening by the game. <laughs> it was like, just try, just try to use Jordan Poole. You know, it was like, let's see what you might have got.
2: And remember, it was Poole and Wiseman. Like, like, can you put those two guys together because maybe it gets a better Wiseman and a better Poole, and you, then you win two ways. Now, we'll see what happens with Wiseman, but I think that's what we were saying. Like, this, this could be an unlocking of. A certain kind of second unit that they certainly—I mean—the Wanamaker second unit was just horrendous. I mean, that was the problem. Is like the first unit was terrible because Wise and Uber were dragging it down, and the second unit was terrible because Wanamaker could not shoot Poole or just was pl- kind of play
3: make at all. I mean, he just couldn't create, which you know I, I thought that was kind of poor usage from a coaching standpoint, but. Uh, you, know, I think Steve Curry's really shown a lot of urgency in this preseason. Chasing Steph, wins, he, chase a preseason <laughs> wins. I mean, Steph Curry played thirty minutes the other night, but I mean, just the way they've like really prioritize the veterans in 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 the rotations they've tried to see if Bradley can you know kind of like I said win that spot but also I just feel like he's trying to get the team as ready as possible to win a bunch of games early because I feel like they if you've seen their early season schedule obviously they start off with a tough one in LA but and really their, their second one's tough too home opener against the Clippers but after that two road games at Sacramento at Oklahoma City I mean those are two not great teams and then they have an eight game homestand early in the season that includes memphis thunder charlotte new orleans houston minnesota chicago like if they're ready early on and if they're playing a style that's difficult to guard they could jump out to a nice record early on and that really i think just eases the pressure around the season because we all know like there's pressure points everywhere heading into the season, including like, you know, they don't want to rush Clay back, but there might be a point if the situation's getting kind of tense in December that they're like, you know, how, how soon is he ready? So I do think you're seeing from a coaching perspective them being like, they need to sprint out of the game.
2: They feel like, okay, yeah, we don't want to put any pressure on Clay, don't want to get into that world. And also, they had the 15 and five. It's like that, pick that up, that feeling. Not a desperation, but something close to, like, urgency. Like, this is, we've got to be. And with Steph at his best, make sure Steph is highlighted and make sure this is perfect for him and Draymond. And that can't be a slow thing to start the season. It's got to be immediate, I think, in their minds. Maybe part of their minds is like, you know, also, like, let's get some wins before we have to work Wiseman back in. Because there might be a little clunky at that point. I'm not saying that's on the top of their minds, but it won't be Jeez, their idea.
1: look how you doing the
2: number yeah, two pick. It's, like, my, it's not ouch. their ideal formulation at this point to work Wiseman in. Now, they've got to. They must do it. But I don't think, in the coaching staff's mind figuring out what to do with Wiseman is exactly how they want to run this. Now they again, he's so talented they have to. But like what was I saying all off season, even before we knew that he was going to miss training camp? He is not starting center. He is not the starting center. There is no way Steve Kerr projects James Wiseman. He needs to center. win so, no the starting
3: way. center job and he'd have to do that with what I I'm hearing at the start is going to be more of a second-unit role with Poole, uh, mostly when Steph and Draymond are off the court. That's a way to, because those will, regardless of how good Poole looks, those, that's still the Warriors' worst minutes, you know, going into the season. I think that's a solid plan to try to see what you have. Now, they might send him to the G again, like Santa Cruz practices, get up to speed, and the, they'll see comes Santa Cruz, comes back
2: Warriors back plus minus. What there you go. The Kamingan, on that team? <laughs> Man. Santa uh, Cruz Warriors plus money. Yep, <laughs> That's so funny.
1: Big. Slater, uh, who guards the opposing star guards? They got to deal with it. And if they don't use the 15th spot, they're basically saying, we'll figure
3: it out <laughs> another way. I think there's two options. I think Andrew Wiggins can be capable. Uh, they like Andrew Wiggins much more as a one on one defender than like a team wing. But he makes more sense, like, hey, they're playing the Clippers. He makes more sense on Paul George than he does Portland against Damian Lillard. Opening night, you know, he's on LeBron. He's not on Russell Westbrook. I do think there's a there's an increasing trust level in Steph Curry in individual matchups, just as a defender to hold his own.
2: Wasn't he guarding Lillard in the preseason game? Yeah, was, yeah. They were, I mean, start, they were you
3: know? switching up a lot. They would bring Bradley in. But I believe to start yeah, the he game— he did
1: last year, too. He did last year
3: for I'm bit. trying to remember, but I believe to start the game, they went pool on Norman Powell— Curry on Lillard and Wiggins on McCollum. And normally Steph would guard Norman Powell, right? That that would be where Steph
2: would, would be in another I don't construct. think the
1: the issue is a like, you know, Steph Steph's been the same kind of defender he is, which is, you know, pretty good in in several areas. The issue was last year especially is you just literally cannot afford him in foul trouble. You're done if he gets two fouls early, that's that's ball game. Now they could probably stomach it more. Right? Now you got more to be able to, if Steph gets in foul trouble, like the game's not over. Because before it was Brad Watermaker coming in <laughs> or, yes. or, or Baysmore, yeah, yeah. or, you know, now if, if Jordan Poole's running the show while Steph is in foul trouble, that's probably a more tenable situation.
3: One of the concerns would be like, you're going to tire Steph out. If you give him the Damian Lillard matchup, that might tire him out. But I think they've come to believe, you know what tires him out more? If he's out there with nobody that can score and he's getting three guys on him, and he's getting frustrated, and he keeps getting double teamed at half court. So I think they believe what Poole does for Steph offensively will ease his load a lot more than if you get him off a defensive matchup. And the analytics, which, you know, Steve Kerr's mentioned a couple times, tell him that Poole and Curry worked last year. That was their best two-man combination. I think it was 200-something minutes. They were plus 17, plus 18 net rating. So he's been led to believe that that Combo worked, even if like in his basketball brain tells him not to have two, you know, offense-first guards who are exploitable defensively out there. So they're okay with it. And if you're okay with that, I think you got to be okay with Steph guarding some of the main guys. And in this league, where offenses are just going to score regardless, essentially, you're trying to outscore teams. Oh, you know, Lillard can have a nice game, and you can still beat Portland. And then you make Lillard have to guard
2: Steph. I mean, that's basically it's, it's been the way Portland's done it. Again, they haven't won any championships, but. They've done it that way, like you. Okay, go go guard our guy. You know, I mean, we're gonna put as many offensive guys out on the court, and you go guard us. And also, Steph, you, the Warriors tell Steph, don't reach, don't reach. You gotta give up the layup, give up the layup. Do not reach.
1: Steph uh, might be old enough to listen now. I don't huh? know. Like, yeah, all right, not know. All right, man, go ahead. you going <laughs> to score. But, that, pr- that pride. Yeah. We, the pride might be subsided a bit where he's like, all yeah. right. Little, little, but here's little. the
2: other thing, though. Like, where does Steph – like, teams always want to, like, you know, get Steph switched on the big guy, right? They always not, – maybe not Portland. That's the wrong thing. But, like, you know, he's – Like the Lakers. Yeah, the like, Bron, he's right. okay. okay so he's okay there, though. Like, I mean, like, just – they're okay with that you know, instead of just fearing that. Just say, okay, that's the way it goes. If it happens, don't foul. Play tough. Stuff is fine on, you know, team defense. And go back and hit a three on them on the other side. Like, you know, it's it doesn't seem like, you know, I do think things have changed. A little. It used to be, oh, my God, who's going to, you know, we got to put Steph on this, you know, bad small forward. Have Draymond and, you know, other guys pieces together on defense and then go outscore them, you know. And not crazy, terrible defense, but...
1: Dynasties, a new book that takes a journey through the history of the NBA from the lens of its greatest teams. Dynasties, it carves out the 10 GOAT teams that changed the NBA forever, looking at their star players, the villains they had to overcome, their impact on society at the time, and their lasting contributions to basketball. Want to know the 10 teams? Hint, there is one surprise. Want to learn about the golden eras and the shoulders on whom the NBA stands? Want to relive the moments and central figures in the dynasties you watch live? Then get your copy of Dynasties now. Featuring gorgeous art by Yu Ming Huang, Dynasties is a perfect addition to your bookshelf or coffee table, or even a collector's item to gift to NBA fans in your life. Remember the legends. Appreciate the dominance. Indulge in dynasties. Available wherever books are sold.
3: It's the value of Draymond too. It's it's like you know problem solved, Draymond. You know you're this is why you're still getting paid twenty something million. It's to basically what Rudy Gobert does in Utah is drags Utah to a great defense every year, even though like you know they they don't have stoppers all over the floor. So Draymond just and Loon, you know Looney's still out there. You're still in the modern NBA having two. You're tilting two of your players more towards defense, which a lot of teams don't even do. Two. So yeah, I mean. Like, you could scheme up, and and Draymond can run a scheme that can stop an offense And
2: this is, again, the value of Wiggins, because he can't— I mean, if you had Steph, this has been some of the problems other teams have is, okay, you can't guard the perimeter guys, but also can't guard the great small forward. Uh, You've got to guard one of those positions, and the Warriors have Wiggins to do it. Again, this is the—I don't want to say the genius of it, but this is the smart way that they got an acquisition for Durant— in D'Angelo Russell, and then got Wiggins for D'Angelo Russell and Kaminga. I know Marcus ripped the Warriors all up and down for that, but uh, it turned out okay. It almost the talking, the talking by the way. about you know <laughs> when Wiggins was the possibility of him not playing home games, and oh, just get rid of him, just get rid of him. And I understood that. I understood. understood and again, it's, it, he's had the shot, so he's fine now. But. Even amid that discussion, there is no possible way for the Warriors to replace Andrew Wickens. That was the whole point of this. He fits what they do. They're willing to pay him $32 million a year because there's no other way to get a guy who can go guard LeBron and be decent at it. He was, at, he was decent at it last season. And maybe score 16 points a game and it, within the construct of what you do, not demand the ball. Get some deflections, get some rebounds, do all those things. That's very valuable. If they didn't have, like, let's just put it this way: if they didn't have Wiggins on this team with Steph and Jordan Poole as your guards, there would be some issues.
1: They'd have Ben Simmons. <laughs>
2: <No>. <laughs> okay, well that might be better, but uh, yeah, it, it would be it would be Otto Porter. As Speaking,
1: that's what Porter. I wanted to ask: is, like, like you know. can Otto Porter guard? <laughs> yeah, you, you start asking that though. You start
2: asking that. You're looking for or no he's yeah, kind. he's yeah. pretty
1: stiff he plays like he's not in shape even though he looks like he is in shape
3: you know what i'm saying like
2: yeah because he's got leg issues he you know moves I mean? like a guy
3: who's not in shape he's like dough on the floor a couple times now he did it again the other night got a lawyers want him to be duncan
2: robinson let's just say i mean that's what they want him to be and a little
3: more a little more a little more a little Less like movement, like more of a catch and shoot guy. Like Duncan Robinson does like JJ Reddick style, yeah, yeah, like run the baseball. Not that,
2: but just the guy that the defense has to go, oh my God, he's got the ball, and rush to him. Like they, like, you know, as, as you documented at the time when two guys ran at him and left Steph alone on the wing. Those sorts of things. And shoot, you know, 50% from three from the corner. Just be that guy from the corner. We've, those shots are always there in the Warriors offense. Ubre got him. Bazemore got him. They're just there. And be one of the best guys in the league to shoot in the corner three. And then hope he does some other stuff. I think you start playing Otto Porter in a very important way. You're, you're asking for him to get hurt. You're just asking for something to not be right. And I just play him 15 minutes a game and let them shoot three corner threes a game, and maybe one or two other shots. And I think they'd be fine with that. And they should be. They're getting him for the minimum. They're getting him for $1.7 million. This would be just fine for them.
3: They ran a lineup late in the first half of the Lakers game with Porter, Bielitsa, Poole, Draymond, Steph, that was like, you know, extreme spacing. And then like the Steph, Draymond, pick and roll down the middle with Poole as kind of like a second side playmaker. And it looked really good. They ended the half 8-0 in like two minutes, like, you know, it was like a tie game or I think they had a two point lead and they went into half up 10 and almost up 13. Porter like rimmed out a wide open corner three uh, in the final possession. And it was like, you know, we talked about it a little bit post game. You know, we talked about this like offense first approach that lineup for stretches could be really explosive if they survive defensively. The elites has had some errors. We mentioned Porter's kind of stiffness, but they did in that game i mean some of that was cuz Russell Westbrook i think had zero points and eight turnovers in the first half but it looked good the first time curry used it together if
1: they're on together like that's that's a blitz that's a that's a that's a 14 to 2 run in a heartbeat if the if they're on cuz it's going to be three you know transition three layup three and it'll be all over the court the problem is when they're not on what i
3: liked about it there was a play where Steph was Steph's off ball and he's doing one of his like, you know, scattering around. He's doing a pin down screen. I think Carmelo was in the mix. So they thought they could exploit Carmelo and Steph seems like he's getting a cut wide open and LeBron reads it because LeBron reads all of Steph's stuff off ball really well. So LeBron jets over to, to stop the Steph cut. But guess what? LeBron's not guarding Kelly Oubre anymore. LeBron's guarding Otto Porter. So Draymond just swings it to Porter, who LeBron has left to guard the Steph action. Porter hits it open corner three. And it's like, you know, that works better than last year when LeBron would just freelance because you could put him on, who you know, he knew, Oubre. yeah
1: He's re- back there reading the play.
3: He's playing yeah, but just think about, like, you know, you got a team coming in on a back-to-back
2: and – they're tired, and then the Warriors. They don't yeah, want to yeah, chase yeah, I know. the perimeter like that. It's the Warriors yeah. start doing that, and the game's game over. You know, it's like you get you get the Nuggets coming in after they play the Clippers. How many wins will they get like think, that? I, like yeah, they're, good. they're gonna get? That's like the old like you know how many game how many wins the Nuggets got in the old? days like, because they played so fast in, in the old days, so you just get free wins sometimes. And the Warriors didn't haven't got many of those lately, just because it's been so hard for them to put together reliable offensive units. And I think this is going to get them some free wins. It got them free wins. You know, Slater mentioned some bad teams, but, you know, the Nuggets, they beat the Nuggets at Oracle at the season. I mean, what no, what arena is this? It's Chase Center. Oracle is the baseball team now. But, you know, it's going to get them some tired teams coming into Chase Center are just going to get wiped off the court, just going to get blown off. Now, that means the Warriors are going to have some tougher times on the road, I think, when teams are fired up and opponents are yelling at them. But I think this is going to be Five to ten, kind of almost not free wins, but wins that you're just going to be able to count on if you just play with a certain rhythm at home. And they did not have those certainly last two seasons.
3: Slater, got anything else? I'm watching the Peyton attempt to try to steal this roster spot in the the last week or here. So does Bradley lose it? Does Joe Lacob just does, declare does it? Does Joe Lacob win it? <laughs> yeah, they, yeah,
2: they might. They might. They might open have keep it open to start. This is what it's feeling like, and then have. Tatum available, you know, to 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 grab at some point, and you know, if if someone else grabs them, fine, but that's not likely at this point, and just keep it open for now. You know, I, I think it's kind of a dodge, and I think maybe I don't know, the, man. The veterans will feel like it's a dodge, but I don't know, no, TK. It just feel like it's pointless. Lakers, out. Clippers, Kings, Ja, Lonzo, Trey, right? They, I mean, it's a lot of guards coming in the first. I think they should just have a 15th roster spot. It's easy for me to say, but this is a company that's making a lot of money. They have talked about how they'll do everything to win games, and if, it, if it they spent whatever, what 70 million dollars for Kelly Oubre last season, you can spend nine million dollars because it's the minimum times five, or you know, 8.5 million dollars it would take to have a 15th roster spot. If you're Steph Curry, I'm sure you think that. You absolutely think that.
3: It's weird because I, I feel like I'm, I would be saying two things at once right here. But it's like, I do think you should carry an Avery Bradley or Peyton. But at the same time, we'll see with Peyton. But what I've seen from Avery Bradley, I'm also like, you mentioned all these games are playing early in the season. I don't think they should necessarily have Avery Bradley in their rotation early in the season. Like, just from what I've seen, I get the idea of Bradley, and Bradley's better than absolutely nothing, which w- which would be your empty spot.
2: Especially with Clay as an empty spot. Like, yeah. Like, you know, Clay is not And, a you know, Wiseman's an empty spot early Weisman, on. Yeah, Kaminga's sure, kind of for an sure, empty spot. Yeah, for sure, Clay. What they also could say is, hey, you know, we're waiting to see if Wiseman's back, and if Wiseman's not back soon. We're going to need a center, and let's keep that spot open for a center. I guess I, I can understand that,
1: but the spot will always be open. You're signing due to a non-guaranteed contract. You let him go whenever you want. Fill in and go. Yeah, get the but
2: that's who's that though? Who who are you letting go? Oh, the, the 15th, 15th spot. Year, yeah, you, I honor. mean you keep yeah, Bradley on a non guaranteed You can you can flip that. You can flip that. You're right. I just think it it would it would be a good gesture to the two most important players on the team and oh, who have been the most important players on the team for a great run. That, you say, you know what? I don't want to do it, but eight million dollars for a guy potentially, we can still move off of him. Who can help five minutes a game every other game? It's worth it. It's worth it. The commitment to you guys to do this, I think that would be a good move.
1: Yeah, and you're not locked in for the whole year, so it ain't made up. but if you do it for the first couple months of the season, if that person didn't playing well. You walk away. You, you let them go. It's easier to do it that way to me, to start with the 15th spot, prove like, see, we don't need this. It's not working. And now you're only $3 million in instead of 8.5, whatever. But you at least did it. Uh, to me, that's better. Uh, but most importantly, like we've been talking about the guards, it feels like every dominant guard in the league, is they're playing them to start. So at least if nothing else, you got somebody you can put on a guy like even if it's Avery Bradley like Avery Bradley isn't in your rotation but you can say hey man this game we just want you harassing Trey Young for 10 minutes (laughs) this game Ja Morant dropped 40 on us in a play game let's give him a different look Avery Bradley go right like not so that might be worth it just for that alone because they're seeing
2: all these guys in the first part of the season they open up and Somebody goes off on Steph. Steph gets three fouls. And then so who do they put on them? Who do they put on them in that situation? It's JTA. Andre. Yeah, I, mean, Andre. JTA, <laughs> I mean, yeah, I mean, that's not ideal. That's just not ideal. Just that in your head, I think, says just start off the season. And hey, Marcus, you got it right. It's like this doesn't mean that they have to keep 15th spot all season. It might keep it for a month. I might keep it for three weeks. And that as a gesture to their veterans After not using the taxpayer mid-level, after not you know after doing a lot of things to try to save some money here and there, traded player exception, traded player that would be disabled 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 player player exception exception, didn't use that would be a good move. Again, they're spending tons of money. There's no question they're spending. Again, as everyone says, they're they're paying more luxury tax
3: this season than other teams have on their payroll, but. Fans are back in Chase Center and concerts are back at Chase Center. Chase Center was actually a good environment in the Laker game. It was filled up and it was energized. It was Friday night. You had the Bay versus L.A. two times, you know, down the road. They were showing Giants highlights during timeouts and the crowd was going nuts. There was a bunch of beat L.A. chants. Like, it felt like they want Chase Center to feel this year. And it was the first time. It didn't feel like sterile in there in a long time. So, it's just something to note as we talk about their money.
2: You got downtown, kind of. You know, Gots is open a Gots you know? is cranking. Gots up. Miller, Miller and Lux, Miller. The steakhouse is open. Steakhouse oh, yeah, is it is. Open. That's right. Yeah, I, I, yeah. I, can, I can see. I can see Slater in a booth. They're, they're getting some night, rent you know, down you know, there, there now. Think. Finally, you know, so, <laughs> life has rent down there. About time. About time. I just want to say this, but no other comment than that. Than that. But it's about somebody's been waiting for those restaurants. Let's get open.
3: those afternoon games going so I could definitely have some night time in Miller and Lux. But if I'm getting out of the arena at midnight, I mean, how late do they even stay open?
2: Uh, last I've heard, uh, the last reservation is 11 p.m. So that means the bar's going to be open pretty late. I think.
3: I don't. A, I may
1: have been discussing 5 this with. Some Boyer, hey, 5:30 p.m. Saturday, October 30th. <laughs> it gets the
3: Thunder Slater. Dinner right. on the, you. Dinner on you.
2: Giants World Series game three might be in there somewhere, but that's okay.
3: Two observations off the Warriors game. That's what you you got to <laughs> get through Max first. You got to get through <laughs> Max first.
2: But no, it's uh, it's good, good to have fans back, that's for sure, and I think there's a lot of interest in this team. You sense that, Slayer, just from, from your interaction? Oh, yeah. I just think yeah. people yeah. are really... 9,000 fans to a workout, I mean, that told me something, right? There. Yeah,
1: that was Oracle-level days yeah. right there, that was yeah. Yes,
2: yes, exactly. It wasn't like, dreary, oh, yeah, we'll cheer for staff, isn't that great? It was like the legitimate interest in this
3: team. Yeah, and I think there's growing optimism that yeah, you know, they did build this well around Steph. Even if they didn't do the home run trade, like this should be a fun style of play that should lead to plenty of regular season wins. Even if they may have capped themselves at, at a non title contender. Depends on, you know, Clay a lot. But, you know, they they could have taken a bigger swing that m- would make us believe that they could actually win a title. I'm sitting here, I I would not pick them to win a title. But There's something to be said for 50 regular season wins or, you know, a lot of energy, a a four-seed type season. And and I think there's starting to be more belief that they could be that type of regular season, like fun time, 41 nights a year. And Steph signed the $215 million contract extension, which which helps.
2: (laughs) Yes, it always does. But they're trying to be the Portland Trailblazers. Like, you know, again, that... This just for this year. Don't, that, don't let fine. them hear you say Just for this year, they want to be trouble <laughs> I'm going to tell Joe Lincoln, you're just trying to be the Portland they're
1: Trailblazers. They're in a playoffs. They, they want to go back to being the Warriors when they make the playoffs.
2: So. Yes, yes. And they probably will if they're playing the Portland Trailblazers. Maybe not any, anybody else. But uh, it, it's it's a decent way to piece this together for them. And then they wait for Wiseman and Clay, And then we'll see what Moody and you know Kaminga can give them whenever that is. But it's an interesting, you know, again, it's it's... A two-way go, They like try to everything they can to try to win as many games as they can, scramble around, maybe not the greatest postseason feel to it, but then they've got some other things they can plug in where they feel good about what that might look like in, in either this postseason or postseasons
3: to come. Season preview pod next week. Next week, we kind
2: of yeah, we kind of we kind of did a little preseason preview here, but that's okay. We we can come up with more stuff. Oh, we we will.
3: It's gonna be a fuller
1: one. Plenty.
2: And we were looking at each other during this podcast for the first time, so if it feels like better, then uh, it's because we actually. If it feels better, you gotta attribute
1: that to Marcus Thompson, who had to prod his podcast partners to actually turn on their cameras. TK had to take the tape off and violate his Edward Snowden vibes (laughs) to join us on (laughs) the Zoom.
2: I like my video privacy, but for for the purpose of this, on the prodding of Marcus Thompson, we actually got to see each other while we're doing the podcast.
1: All right. We're out of here. Thanks for listening.